Welcome to Machine Embroidery with Kimberbell, where we share helpful tips, introduce exciting new products, and celebrate all things machine embroidery. I'm your host, Kim Christofferson, and I can't wait for you to experience the joy of creativity with us. Hello everyone, welcome to Machine Embroidery with Kimberbell. I'm your host, Kim Christofferson, but I've got two friends here with me today. I've got Deanna. Hello everyone. <laughs> and then we've got our producer in the background, Mr. Andrew. Hi. <laughs> we couldn't do it without him. <laughs> Absolutely. Today we're gonna be talking about a fun little topic that we reached out to our community about as well. So we've got all kinds of good feedback from them. But the question is, what are some things you wish you knew when starting machine embroidery? Just kind of like aha tips, like, oh, I wish I knew that at the beginning. That would have been so helpful. That's what this episode is all about, Deanna. Exactly. Are you ready? I am ready. I need these things <laughs> in my life. Yeah, if you if you missed our other podcast uh, episode about, you know, what what would you want to know when buying your first embroidery machine? You heard that Deanna is a brand newbie to it. Yes. Yeah, you've been with Kimberbell for a few years, but in a different capacity. Yes, and it had nothing to do with machine embroidery. No, <laughs> it had to do with numbers. <laughs> no, Not cr- nearly as fun. Crunching numbers, and this is definitely a little more creative than that. And so she's in the market for her first embroidery machine. And so this is a great topic to talk about Absolutely. It's answering all the questions and giving me (laughs) ideas that I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. And then I think what we'll do is sprinkle uh, throughout this episode a few interviews that Andrew went out (laughs) and did. Out on the streets of Kimberbell. Out on the streets of Kimberbell. That's right. Uh, Andrew on the street asking people what they wish they knew when they started uh, machine embroidery. And we've got some great responses for that, too. So let's just go ahead and jump right in, shall we? All right. So I think this was one thing that came up over and over and over again. And that was stabilizer. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What they wish they knew about, you know, if they only had known about stabilizers, the different kinds, why you use them, when to use them. Yes. Right. It's a big one. It's a big one. It would save a little bit of a headache, right? Oh, absolutely. Maybe a few tears too. Um, (laughs) A lot of those. Yeah. Melissa Endicott, one of our followers, she said, create a cheat sheet for stabilizers, thread and needles. So you don't have to constantly look things up. If you make something that comes out perfect write it down what you write everything down that you used because you will not remember and that's true that's you so always true. think you'll remember no, and then I, you don't i can't remember what i had for breakfast i today. try not to let's be real so <laughs> you know the memory is short but i love the idea of being able to re- refer back to some notes um, right. As Melissa said, and be like, okay, I used a you know a heavy cutaway or a medium tearaway or and it was whatever. great, or it was too much, or mm-hmm. that didn't work the way that I had hoped. Yeah, or I used a specific fabric with this stabilizer and it didn't work so well. But once I put on, say, fusible backing, it was a whole it, different project. It was a whole nother project, exactly. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> there was lots of comments about stabilizer for it sure. It really is confusing when you're new to it. Yeah, definitely. It's just a very different world. Um, I thought this was a good idea. Angie Butterworth said, but the biggest aha for her was to first test stitch a design. She says, use similar fabrics, stabilizer, and threads that you would want to use for your final product. 
You'd much rather, uh, she says, screw up scraps than that beautiful blouse you bought or the baby dress that you uh, purchased for a baby shower. Take it for one who didn't do that and wish she had. That's that's great advice, Angie. It really is because you think about how much money you can save mm-hmm. by doing it on a scrap yeah. rather than your project that you... Yeah, it, it's worth the, the little extra time, especially, Absolutely. I would say, in the beginning. Oh, At yeah. this point, I I feel like I, the experience over the years it. has been like, okay, I know what stabilizer is going to work for this. Right. Luckily, we also, in our Kimberbell instructions, will make sure that you've got the exact stabilizer you need to have the most success with the project. That's one of the great things about the Kimberbell instructions is yeah. not only are they easy to follow, but they tell you all those tips and tricks and the things that are going to make your project turn out the very best. Well, and it's based on actual true testing, testing right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, we've got this team of testers that stitch on all the all the brands and they use the different types of stabilizer, Kimberbell stabilizers. So when they say it's going to work, it's going to work. And they've tried it on every machine. Yeah, yeah. Lisa Drepola says, what I wish I knew when starting was the type of that the type of stabilizer mattered. Absolutely. It does matter. You don't want to just throw on a coffee filter. No. Not if you <laughs> have I've, a really I've thick. seen people do. You know, they go, Oh yeah, I can use coffee filters or I can use I mean, there's all kinds of things people come up with. Not if you want your project to turn out well though. But if you want to, you know, make sure something is stabilized correctly there's the right one for the job for sure that's why they sell stabilizer that's right (laughs) that's right maxine nordic said in the beginning i wish i had known about applying fusible backing to the background before embroidering it it makes a big difference in the embroidery quality yeah so she's referring to our kimberbell's fusible backing it's just the right amount of weight and um I don't want to say loft because there's really no loft to it, but it is a fusible product that when you fuse it onto the back of your quilt block or really anything that you're Any embroidering fabric, onto, right. it it's thin enough, it's stable, but it's thin enough to make it so that your fabric flows. It's still very supple That's and what I love soft. about it. You still get that that. I don't even know what word to use, (laughs) but that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So it still looks natural. It doesn't look stiff and like that. It doesn't look different from the rest of the fabric. Yeah. Bumping around over here. Yeah. But it stabilizes those threads and makes your project just pop and look that much better. Well, and it reduces greatly, greatly. It reduces puckering, which is the dreaded P word in the embroidery world, world, right? right? (laughs) So definitely stabilizer is a big deal. Uh, We have all kinds of tutorials on our stabilizer products, how to use it, when to use it, why you want it, that kind of thing. So be sure to check that out over on our YouTube pages. Um, Yeah, it's important for sure. Um, We also, let's go ahead and bring in uh, your, your little interview, Andrew, with Rachel. Um, here at Kimberbell, she was talking the, about the importance of, well, I'll, I'll let Rachel do the talking. And then if you could go back to when you first started machine embroidery and give them any advice, like, or like what you wish you would have known, what would you say to yourself? Um, like keep your machine clean, change your needles, like a lot. If 
a sharp needle makes a big difference. I guess just machine maintenance, like make sure your machine's in a good place and you're taking care of it and taking the time to clean it and make sure it's working well. Perfect. That's great. That is the first time we've had someone say that. So we've, and we've had a lot of comments, so it's good. That's a good, that's a good tip, I think. So no, no, no needle breakage, I think. Yeah. That'll be good. Okay. I love her two points that she brought up, machine maintenance and needles. (laughs) I think sometimes we forget about the maintenance of the machine and it's just like anything else. The better we take care of it and do those Don't ask me when I last changed the oil in my car. My husband will tell you it wasn't soon enough, but it's a good thing he's he's reminding me. And the same goes for these machines of ours. They do They will last longer. They're going to perform better if they get that regular maintenance. Absolutely. So I think, you know, taking it in, some people call it the spa treatment, you know, and they take it in uh, to get their machine cleaned. You can do some you know, uh, weekly maintenance, probably just even within the comforts of your own home. Uh, But certainly that is a a bigger deal than I think we make it out to be. And I think when you think about how much you have invested in your machine, why not take those opportunities to just have it running its best and just, it's another opportunity to fix things before they Mm -hmm. happen too. So just like your sewing machine, you got to get those little fur babies out of there. Exactly. They're (laughs) not pretty. They're not pretty. Oh my goodness. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that for sure. And it, it, like you said, you invest in something like this, you want to make sure it lasts. Definitely. Right. And then Rachel brings up the next really good point and that is needles how important it is to change your needles. You know, it's funny because I can't remember what I was stitching out now, but the the thread was being funny. Yeah. And I never would have thought, I thought that I needed to adjust the tension on the bobbin Mm -hmm. because it was just pulling weird and leaving gaps. And and someone suggested, well, try changing your needle first. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. Gosh, and I was like, so I'm simple, so glad right? I wasn't messing around with the tension of your bobbin because exactly. once you get that out of whack, it's yeah a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. It it makes me think of um, the acronym uh, that people often use when looking to troubleshoot, and that is TNT, thread, needle, and tension. Tension, you want it to be your last resort. Absolutely. You've tried everything else. Yeah. So you either, you know, maybe your thread, if we go back to the top T, maybe your thread is old. Maybe it has dust on it, dirt, oils on it, right. and it's shredding. Um, you know, those are definitely things. Maybe it just, you just threaded your machine wrong. Right. And just the the fact that you could just re-thread both your bobbin and your top thread I think solves a lot of problems right absolutely, there. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, so definitely thread, and then the second would be that look needle. At your needle, yeah, yeah. T and T. Look at your needle. Change your needle. In fact, uh, Joy, at, you know our friend Joy over at Kimberbell, she she suggests that you change your needle every seven to eight hours in a project. What do you right. think about How that? How rare do we do? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I bet, but I bet our projects would turn out much better and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have those little issues crop up if we were using that as a rule. Yeah. To change it out way more frequently than you think you should. Yeah. Is what I took away from that. For sure. It's definitely a good rule of thumb. In fact, uh, we have, um, 
a little statement here from our friends at Schmetz Needles. They say the easiest way to improve your stitch quality is to change the needle. So they mentioned in their little pocket guide, which I absolutely love and recommend, is that worn or damaged needles often result in shredded or broken threads, skipped or uneven stitches, puckering or damaged fabrics, or popping clicking sound during sewing. So I think this definitely would apply whether you're you know, changing your needle on your sewing machine or you're changing it on your embroidery machine. The important thing is change your needle. Absolutely. Change your needle. Uh, remember, oh gosh, when was it, Deanna? We got together, you and I and Ginger, at my house. Yes. Do you remember it was, that? It was, it's been a couple of months ago now. Yeah. Yes, I do remember. It we was were, a fun day. Yeah, it was a fun day. We were preparing for another show of ours uh, that you'll be learning a lot more about here very soon called Inside the Hoop. And that's actually done by video. And so you'll be able to watch this show that Ginger and I and Deanna um, will be doing. But we were at my house making, preparing some things right? And for the, for the episode. And, um, at one point I had borrowed my sister's embroidery machine because I needed, I only have one machine. I know. Isn't that weird? I only have one embroidery machine. Sounds crazy, right? Right. <laughs> I have one embroidery machine, one sewing machine. So I asked my sister, I said, Hey, Chris, can I borrow one of your embroidery machines? She's like, yeah, no problem. So that we could all be working at the same time. Anyhow. So we're working on this project and all of a sudden, in like the bobbin thread is pulling up right and you, yes you saw if you have like green thread on top and you have white, white thread, thread on, on the, the bobbin bottom. bottom we could see that this white thread from the bobbin was pulling up and it looked terrible it did look terrible right and do you remember the first thing i said about that about chris yeah <laughs> about her machine what did, yeah. I, what did I say i i kind of threw her under the bus didn't i yeah you did <laughs> i was like um Chris gave me, me a bad machine. Yeah, yeah. She gave me the defective one. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and so I call her up, you know, going, oh, well, I know. That you gave you, me this rotten machine, and yeah. we're over here trying to do something, right. and look at what's happening. Exactly. And she just was, she was so sweet to me, and she was so kind, and she was like, Kim, even though I was like, what's going on with this machine? I wasn't, I wasn't She horrible. wasn't really. We're being, I would just, you know. We're teasing. We're kind of semi-teasing but I said what what's going on with your machine I don't know it looks it doesn't look good and she goes well did you try changing the needle and I kind of laughed I was and Deanna and Ginger can attest I was like the needle really that's gonna make the threads pulling up from the bottom yeah exactly so I'm like you know I'll I'll just you know I'll humor her and then I'll text her right back and tell her that wasn't the problem (laughs) well you guys can imagine what what happened I changed the needle, and yes, indeed, I was wrong, and she was right. She knows her stuff. She was right. All I had to do was change the needle, and it worked. Yeah. And it stitched out beautifully. Exactly. So there has been some time on that machine, and certainly changing up the needle every now and then is always a good thing. So definitely can't emphasize that enough. Um, Tina Duncan said on our Facebook group, she said, changing needles is way cheaper than messing up a project because you didn't. <laughs> Isn't that exactly. the truth? Exactly. Isn't Enough that the said. Truth? Okay. One other thing. Um, well, maybe a couple other things. Olivia Ellett said that she uh, wished she would have realized that you can use whatever color thread you want. You don't have to be, you know... Um, 
tied to just what the designer put in or what your machine is reading as what the color should be. Right. I know that may sound simple, Right, but I think but it I definitely think, is an aha moment. And you I say? think sometimes we just get in the groove and we're like, "Oh, I don't have this red. I've got to run out and buy it mm-hmm. because my project may not turn out as good if I don't have this exact red." Yeah. But some of my favorite projects have been the ones that someone just went rogue and did mm-hmm. their own thing, yeah. and they turned out amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. It that's where your creativity can come into play too, right. where you can go, "Ooh." What would happen if I changed this flower to yellow instead of purple or vice versa, right, you know? Right, um, Yeah, so just something even as simple as that uh, can be an aha moment. She also ends with the most important thing, she says, is to have fun and not stress about things. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, right? Absolutely. I think you, when you think back to it, that's really what you're doing. This should be your hobby. This should yes. be fun for you. Yes. This should be stress-free. This should be alleviating stress, not causing it. Yes. Uh, you know, our tagline at Kimberbell is experience the joy of creativity. If you're not having joy, <laughs> if why bother? Tears, that's not very fun. That's not right? the goal for and sure. And sometimes, you know, if it happens... The best thing to do is walk away, right? Absolutely. For a little bit, walk away for a day or two. Take a break. Take a break. And then you come back with fresh eyes and you're like, okay, this is, this truly can be fun. Right. Um, I think those are extreme cases. I would say that the majority are, are loving it and having fun while doing it. But be kind to yourself for sure and be patient with yourself, which leads to another little mini interview that Andrew did with Vicki. I have to preface this though. I, I, Deanna and I just chuckled out loud when we first listened to her segment because this is a gal at Kimberbell who was brand new to Kimberbell. So when Andrew, I, I laughed that he even asked her these questions because literally you're going to find out how long she had been working for us when he asked her this question. But I think she gives some really good the solid advice. Answer. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and go there. Okay. So what is your name? I'm Vicki. <laughs> okay. And how long have you been here, Vicki? For eight hours. I <laughs> shift. <laughs> Eight hours on shift. Okay, so this is fresh. Okay, so how many hours of machine embroidery experience do you have? Ooh, um, let's see. I would say solid six hours. Wow. Okay, okay. So if you could rewind six hours to when you were a total newbie, what advice would you give yourself? Um, be patient with myself and understand that mistakes are opportunities to learn. Good, good, good. And I don't know if you're, you're quite there yet, but you might not know this answer. What is your favorite stabilizer? Um, Michelle, which one is my favorite stabilizer? Just name one. The li- yeah, um, that one that washes away. I love that one. That, that's one of my favorite too. You know, you know, I'll just put it in the water just to watch it melt. Exactly. It's satisfying. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll get you later for more. All right. Okay. Did you guys just love that? I just thought it was the best. And, you know, eight hours. Exactly. Eight hours. But I love what she said that mistakes are just opportunities to learn. And when I think back, you know, to lots of things in my life, sometimes the way we learn best is through making a mistake and having to work through it. We learn way better than if everything works perfectly. Absolutely. You know, even when I'm doing like Facebook lives or YouTube lives and I'm supposed to be the expert, right? And people are th- expecting that everything's going to go smoothly. And I'm here doing a live 
and mistakes happen. And I can't say, oh, perfect. cut it out, rewind it, you know, that let's do that over again. I can say to the audience, look, this happened to me too. And here's how I solved it. So and I it's think okay. It, it's okay. Be patient with yourself. You're going to learn um, as well, you just go. Know mistakes are going to be made. That's yeah. part of the growing and learning experience. Anytime you're, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like that, Deanna. I really like that. This is a good way to close, I think. And this is from Sharon Bergerhauser. Uh, she says, I wish I would have known how easy it really is. You really could teach a seven-year-old to be successful at this if you just take the time to center things correctly, prepare your fabric correctly, and use the proper stabilizer. So again, it's all about the learning. It's all about the journey. And no matter how old you are, young or old, and you think, oh, I can't, we can't teach this dog new tricks. Oh, no. Oh, yes, you can. Absolutely, you can, right? I love it. You know, we would love to hear uh, from you, our audience, as well. As you're listening to this, what things came to your mind? What kind of aha tips um, come to mind of things that you wish you knew when you first started machine embroidery? Or things that, you know, if you've been doing you've this for years. You've learned along the way. You've learned along the way. We want to hear from you. You can go ahead and post those over on Facebook, YouTube, or any of our uh, podcast platforms. We'd love to get your feedback so we can all learn from each other, right? Absolutely. That's what this is all about. All right. Well, thank you, Deanna and Andrew, be for being here. part of it. Um, it's always fun to talk machine embroidery with you guys and uh, to also hear back from our audience. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our podcast platforms. Hey, and while you're there, be sure to leave us a review. We'd be so grateful. Have a great day, everyone, and keep experiencing the joy of creativity.